Nice of you to drop in to episode 117. Have you ever had widespread pain of an unknown origin? Sounds like hell, right? Well, for many fibromyalgia sufferers, this is the world that they live in, day in and day out, for years on end. And not many people know much about it. And that includes medical experts, that includes scientists, doctors, sufferers themselves. And so today, we have someone that knows what it's like to have this awful syndrome for years and how you can actually heal from the symptoms like she healed herself. And I know you're going to like this. She healed herself using a holistic approach outside of the conventional medical realm. All right, let's dive into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome to today's interview episode of the show. It's my mission to coach 250 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy life that they truly want before the end of 2021. I hope whilst you're listening to today's episode that you're soaking up some vitamin D. Get out there in the sun. Not for too long, obviously, because if you're anything like me, it doesn't take too long to get pink because I'm pretty much as white as a piece of paper. But you know the deal, as much of your bare naked skin exposed to the direct sunlight as possible, ideally daily, like you were designed for. Okay, what are we talking about today? We're talking about one of the big medical mysteries that pops up all over the place, inside the hospital and outside the hospital. My guest today is Amanda Elise Love. Amanda is a registered holistic nutritionist who works with the hella confusing diagnosis of fibromyalgia and received her own fibro diagnosis at just 20 years of age. So she doesn't just work with it as a practitioner, she knows this syndrome because she's been there before. The big news though is that she no longer suffers from the pain, fatigue and headaches of this debilitating syndrome. Amanda is, a pas- is passionate about teaching people to know what the meaning of the word holistic really is when talking about nutrition and supplements and integrates the mind, body, and spirit in her practice. And now she helps those with fibromyalgia arrive at the same place that she did, which is super amazing. So welcome to the show, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. You are more than welcome. You've got a podcast too, right? We're both podcasters. Yeah. It's been since May of 2019. That's amazing. How many episodes do you have? Um, it's getting close to 50. Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. What's the name of the show? Um, it's called Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. Awesome. Because I found out when I was starting the podcast, I was, I was looking to be on the other podcasts and there wasn't any podcasts out there about fibromyalgia or they would just do it like one time or a few times and then that podcast had gone away. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do a specific podcast for those with fibromyalgia. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I listened to a few episodes and I thought, you, yeah, it was a brilliant yeah. show. Thank you. So for the listeners, because many of people won't know what fibromyalgia is. And to be fair, most medical professionals don't really know what no. it is. But, <laughs> but what is what is fibromyalgia? It's um so fibromyalgia is I always tell people it's widespread pain all down your body, um your neck, your back, your shoulders, your legs. I a lot of people say to me, well, I have a pain, and and I say, well, it's not just one place; it's your whole body, and I don't think people realize that. 
And a lot of times it's accompanied by fatigue. You're not sleeping, getting that deep sleep. Usually you're not functioning. You can't function at all. You might have irritable bowel syndrome. And so it's a lot of issues that come with fibromyalgia. But the main things that I hear all the time is fatigue, pain, sleep, and the brain fog are the top four things. Yeah, it's uh, at the <laughs> cancer hospital that I work at. Yeah. I hear, we hear it all of the time and it's associated with so many other problems because yeah. really the term of fibromyalgia means we don't really know. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> that's the problem. They don't know what it is. I think a lot of times, so they'll just, and the diagnosis is not a great diagnosis either. So yeah, people get diagnosed badly. Yeah. Unknown pain is like, what can you do with that information, right? (laughs) So they do have the trigger point test that you know about. So, And that's not the greatest thing. And a lot of times the primary doctor, the rheumatologist, that's how they diagnose people with it. And if they're older, that's the way they do it. But now you could have the fatigue, the pain, and the sleep issues for three months or more. And if it hasn't gone away, they'll diagnose you with the fibromyalgia. Right. Or if they say, oh, we done all these tests and we can't find what's wrong with you, then you might get diagnosed with the fibromyalgia. So. Right. Yeah. It's just sort of if we can't figure it out, we'll put yeah. this label on it. Yeah. We'll put this label on it. And then. A lot of times people say to me, well, my family friends don't get it because now all of a sudden I can't get out of bed. I can't do normal activities. I can't take even taking a shower is painful for people with fibromyalgia and they can't cook in anything. So they can't do all these daily activities so that it's like they get depressed because they're like, oh, well, my family friends don't understand. So. I'm just not going to say anything anymore because that's it. That reminds me of uh, one of the podcast episodes that I listened to yeah. of yours. You were talking about immune, um, boosting your immune system in the context yeah. of fibromyalgia. And the first thing you mentioned, which really surprised me, was loneliness. Yeah. I think a lot of times people with fibromyalgia, you're super, I think you feel alone, honestly. And I think you get to go to all these different doctors and the doctors don't give you the answers. I mean, I went to so many different doctors before I even got diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Yeah. And so you're at that point where you're like, I think people just give up. It's the sad thing. They give up. And you have to have something deep down inside of you, a deeper purpose or what, to be able to say, oh, I'm going to get through this. And I'm going to find the answers, even if it takes me a couple of years to find the answers. Yeah, absolutely. How long did it take you to figure it all out? Um, so I was actually very sick. I was born six weeks early. I was a very sick child. And I was sick every four to six weeks. Yeah. Immune issues, sinus issues. I would run a high fever. And then for a while, even if my fever just went up a little bit. I would be like totally sick. They didn't know what was going on. And eventually I was, I did a personal training out of high school. And then 
right after that, I all of a sudden, I was so fatigued. I was in so much pain. I didn't know what was going on. And I couldn't work out anymore and everything. And luckily that same year, like about 10 months later, I found out they I went to one of the top rheumatology places in Mesa, Arizona, and they said, well, you have fibromyalgia. And I'm like, oh, good. That's a diagnosis. But then that started the rabbit hole of <laughs> trying, totally. to find, trying to find answers. Um, in the U.S., they usually put us on um, Cibalta or Lyrica for um, people with fibromyalgia. And we have this commercial in the U.S. that like advertises that. But it's supposed to be a, supposed to help with the fatigue. It's supposed to help with the pain. And I took it for like two days and I was like, I'm done. I'm not taking this for the next 70 years of my life. And it just made me feel horrible. And I'm like, this is not worth it. And they said, well, okay, your other thing you could do is go do the physical therapy. I don't. And I guess that was just, they just thought that was supposed to help. I've never been overweight or anything. So, and Fibromyalgia, you don't have to. That's not a thing if you're, to, if you get it. Yeah. Like some health concerns and stuff, right? But, and so I did the physical therapy and I would come out. I was crying. I was in so much pain. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. And so they, this, there was a, like a pain management place next door. And my grandma said it to the, to the rheumatologist, which I only went to for a few times. She said, oh, should we try that? We did that. The problem with that (laughs) was they would draw little like dots all down on the, all those trigger points. Then they would shoot a huge needle into all those trigger points. And of course you're awake and the blood sugar would drop. Then you would have to be, have the cookies and juice and you were so lightheaded afterwards and so I was in, it was so excruciating, painful. I've never, I've, it's like one of the most painful things I've done. And oh. so it's like, okay, what's after that? I was like, okay, this is crazy. I did two of the three treatments. I wasn't going to do the third. And so it starts this cycle of, okay, what's next? And Eventually, in the spring of 2011, I was 21 years old. I, my grandmother saw a little, just a little newspaper clipping, said a, a wellness chiropractor was speaking, and he was 10 minutes away. And so she went to the talk, and he said to her, well, if she was diagnosed at fibromyalgia at the age of 20 years old, she's been very, very sick a long time. And a light bulb went off in my grandma's head. And she said, oh, he gets it. He gets it. And she had done nursing and stuff. And so that started that path of wellness and getting better because he did like a food sensitivity testing on me along with stool, saliva and all of that. Found out I have two genes. One gene from each parent predisposes me to that gluten sensitivity it was the highest he'd ever seen in his practice, along with I have soy sensitivity, egg sensitivity, and dairy sensitivity. So 
cut those all out. And that was nine years ago. So Wow, that's such yeah. a massive transformation. It's and, yeah. and it's really funny because as a nutritional therapist myself, one of the yeah. one of the go-to things for most conditions is to cut out dairy, soy, and gluten. Yeah. And and it says a lot about the human experience or the human microbiome and body and whatnot yeah. and genetics to be like those three things actually fix a lot of things. Yeah. And I I, I feel like a lot of times people say to me, well, I've done the gluten free. And I'm like, well, have you really done the gluten? <laughs> I mean, totally. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I think people lie about what they're eating and stuff. I mean, one little molecule goes stay in your body for weeks up to months. I always tell people, and it takes weeks or it might take months to actually start to feel better. I mean, the fatigue and the pain and all of that can get better if you cut those things out. But I think what a lot of times people cheat or they only do it for like a week. And I say to people, you can't just do it for a week. Oh, I totally agree. And you, honestly, and honestly, you have to, um, gluten-free is such a, I don't know if it's a huge thing over there, but it's, yeah, it is. It is so big in the U.S., and I think sometimes I think people think, oh, it's like a fad and it's going to go away. And I, it's just everywhere we see gluten-free and gluten-free and some things say gluten-free and they're really, there's, they're natural things. I don't know why they say gluten-free. And it's just like people, I think it's, they think it's like a diet trend sort of. And I'm like, it's not a trend. It's something that people are really, really sick with. And just going gluten-free might not be the answer. You might have to do more than going gluten-free. Or they just try going dairy-free. And I'm like, well, that's good, but might not be the full answer. So Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, the people that think it's a fad or other people that associate yeah. gluten-free and being synonymous with health. It's like, if it's gluten-free, it must be healthy. And yeah. that's obviously not always true. I mean, there's so many products out there and they say, oh, gluten-free. Yeah, but then if you look at the product, it has a bunch of sugar, it has a bunch of other stuff in it. And that's not the answer. Just because a product is gluten-free doesn't mean it's healthy. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. 
To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I guess as well for those people that think it's a fad, you know, there's a re- lot of research studies coming out now that show that even healthy um, asymptomatic people, and I'm one of those people that have gluten, it spikes your immune system. And that means your immune system is identifying those molecules as foreign invaders or toxins that need to be removed to protect you. And so that's really scary. And, and it's, it's over 70%. And some studies that I've read, over 90% of people that have an immune response, but physically, Right. They have no symptoms of gluten intolerance. They're not celiac, but their immune system is fighting this behind the scenes. Right. And I, I, I feel like so many people think, oh, I'm not going to try going gluten-free or that's not the answer. And I feel like food plays such a big, big part in all of these health issues. But it's just, it's not, it's for whatever reason, people think, oh, that's not the answer or I eat healthy, and I'm like, do you really eat healthy? I, I could probably look at your diet and say, see something that needs to be changed. I think, I think people just they don't want to be truthful about like their health, and they'll say to me all the time, they'll say, well, I'm okay, and I'm like, are you really okay? And then I get down to the root cause, and they're still not sleeping right they're still dealing with the pain they're still dealing with the fatigue so honestly i think when you look at somebody and you say oh that person looks totally healthy and they look great and everything i'm like most of the time people are dealing with some health issue even even if on the outside it looks like they're totally normal like absolutely i was 20 years old and i look totally normal yeah and I think as well, the the problem is in our society than the way that it's all set up is that if you're like people are just not sick, it doesn't mean they're healthy. They're just not sick. And, and, and we don't focus on optimal health either. So it's when you go to the doctor, the doctor just says, oh, you're not sick. Okay, all the best. He doesn't say, okay, how can we get you from where you are to just optimal peak functioning, feeling amazing. It's not about feeling amazing in Western medicine. It's just about not dying pretty much. <laughs> well, I that's what I, I, when I was, before I was diagnosed and stuff, they would come back with all the blood tests and they would just say, oh, everything looks normal. Then why am I getting sick every four to six weeks? Yeah, obviously I'm not normal. <laughs> I mean, nor I mean, what it, and then what is normal anyway nowadays? Totally, totally. So in the context of fibromyalgia, what have you found plays a really big role in helping people that have it with nutrition? Like from that standpoint, obviously the gluten stuff, the dairy stuff, but what what else have you found? Um, I find a lot of times they're not get they supplement wise, they might need some supplements like getting to get that deep, deep, restful REM sleep, because a lot of times people with fibromyalgia, they either have trouble staying asleep, falling asleep. And then what I always say, people wake up and they feel like a truck has hit them and they just feel horrid. Yeah, totally. (laughs) We've all had those days. (laughs) And so I just always tell people, I'm like, that's why I have my free sleep guide is because I want people to first start with one little thing. I always 
people slow. We're not, we're, it's not a race. We're not, it, you, we could go as slow as you want. And a lot of times I think people think it has to be dramatic and it has to yeah. be this huge, huge change right away. And I'm like, people, it's not, I'm not going to, I would never help someone to go gluten-free in the beginning because they can't even get off the couch. Yeah, <laughs> let's try, totally. Let's try to get you to get that restful sleep first and then see, let's start on some maybe harder stuff later on. And a lot of times I think people need to look at, okay, we have to focus on the mindset of, do you really want to get better? Because if you can't follow that small little step of taking a supplement, which isn't going to take that much time of your day, then maybe now isn't the right time to work on getting better with fibromyalgia. Because I think a lot of times people put their health on the back burner, which is really sad. Definitely, definitely. And the thing too is you bring up a really important point about identity and people yeah. tie their identity to their diagnosis and, yeah. and, and and they're like, I'm the person with fibromyalgia or I'm the person with cancer or I'm the person with diabetes and, it's, and it becomes a part of who they are. And so when it comes to, just as you yeah. say, when it comes to recovering or fixing that, people would be like, who, who would I be if I wasn't that that disease sufferer anymore and so they inadvertently like sabotage their their wellness because they're like oh, i don't actually on a deep level i don't want to get rid of it yeah and i i find that a lot with people with fibromyalgia is that they don't they're like oh what am i gonna they don't know their end goal of what they would be like if they were healthy because they've been dealing with it for 20, 30, 40 years. A lot of times they don't get diagnosed until they're in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, in regards to food intolerances, um, is there, like, obviously we, we the gluten and dairy are the really common ones, but yeah. is there anything, any patterns you've found with the people you've worked with that you changed some food in their diet or they had a particular intolerance they didn't know about and, like, they started to experience a better sort of standard of life? Um, yeah, so I think the main thing is when you get off of those, I think a lot of people with fibromyalgia, they do. They're very, very sick with immune issues also. So we got to get you all back. We have to get you to a life where it's quality, I think is the big thing. Totally. Because I don't want people, I want people to be able to do the normal activities again. And we're not, I'm not talking about like big things like marathons or anything or stuff that, some people might focus on. I'm just talking about just getting you back to be able to, with the holidays, enjoying time with your family and friends. If you have grandchildren or whatever, I mean, I can't imagine if I had stayed down that path where my life would be right now because I had this feeling that I had to get people better. Yeah. And I had, I had this purpose. I knew. God was putting this on my heart that I was like, I know there's a purpose why I'm stuck on the couch. I can't do anything. This went I couldn't do anything for a couple of years in my early 20s. And I was in so much pain and fatigue. And so I think you have to come up with a bigger pur- 
you have to come up with a, a purpose in life. It's not just about going to work or whatever, or it, it has to be a bigger purpose. Maybe it's your family. Maybe you want to see your grandchildren. Maybe you want to see your nieces and nephews, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Then that is the way, that's the thing that's going to motivate you to make those changes. And I think that's the important thing for the people we were just talking about, the people that uh, feel uh, like their identity is attached to their diagnosis, is that they have to get outside of that and begin healing. The first step isn't to go gluten-free. It's not to go dairy. It's to find a purpose in life that isn't about suffering. Yeah, and um, talking about identity and getting stuck in that identity. So so I just lost a family member a couple months ago. Sorry to hear that. Thank you. And so it is. And so for me, they were talking about last week, talking about your identity and not getting stuck in the identity of, oh, I just lost someone and getting stuck in that cycle of, oh, poor me. I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to do anything because that's how you get with grief. And that's how it is with fibromyalgia. Yeah. You can't get in that cycle of poor me, poor me, nothing works. I've tried everything, so I might as well just give up. Yeah. And a lot of times people are at that point where they just are like, well, I've done everything. And I'm like, yeah, you might have, might have not. But you have to get to that point where you're like, I'm going to do everything I can. And you might have to make that your main focus in life. And your family and friends might have to take a backseat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've got you to prioritize what works. Yeah. Um, so people that uh, can find you online uh, that want to download your, your sleep uh, PDF or anyone yeah. that's got family members that might have fibromyalgia, where can everybody find you on the World Wide Web? <laughs> so it's just my name. It's Amanda Elise Love, mm-hmm. and that's on Facebook and Instagram. I kept it for my website too, and the podcast is Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. Wonderful. And for everybody listening, uh, Amanda's handles and links and whatnot and download link will be in the show notes below. So just scroll down and jump on those links and check it all out. Um, and if you've enjoyed this episode or you know a family member that, or, or somebody in your, your network that might be suffering from fibromyalgia or even anything to do with the diagnosis that might relate to their identity, uh, please take a screenshot of this episode or share it over via Instagram or whichever app you use and tag both myself and Amanda and we'll share it as well. And so, Amanda, I've loved having you on the show. I think you're super sweet and I would love to hear you share what out of everything you've experienced and learned, what do you think is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? Um, I would say... Try something different. Um, go natural. I mean, go find someone who specializes in fibromyalgia like me. Mm-hmm. And just to know that you're not going to go, you don't need to go down the medical route. Or if you have gone down the medical route, there are answers out there for you. I think people need to know that there are answers out there for you and to never give up. 
I love that. That's beautiful. And guess what? This podcast is all about finding answers outside the medical route. So you're in the you're in the right place. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show, Amanda. I've really loved it. I hope to chat to you soon. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you're more than welcome. See ya. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavor to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.